0: Welcome to the Matt Report, the number one WordPress business podcast. This isn't geek speak, it's about the journey of success and failure as a WordPress entrepreneur. Get ready, you're just an episode away from your next Uh aha
1: experience
0: or big idea. And now your host,
1: Matt. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Matt Report. As always, I'm your host, Matt, and this is the show where we talk to real WordPress entrepreneurs from all walks of life, designers, developers, marketers, bloggers, your good old run-of-the-mill entrepreneur. They join us to teach us about their journey and how it can help us in our journey with our WordPress startup. MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. And today, I am super excited to finally have Chris Lemma on the show. Chris, welcome. Hi there. How are you doing? Good to see you. Uh, you are the mastermind behind ChrisLemma.com. Um, that's where I'd imagine most of the WordPress folks are finding you in on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and at every single WordCamp ever. Uh, no, no. In the, in the continental United States anyway. Um, so give folks a, a two-minute drill, a two-minute elevator pitch, who you are, what you do. Uh In two
0: minutes. You know, (laughs) uh, at the core of it, I help uh, entrepreneurs uh, anticipate problems they may not see and I help them accelerate through them. Um, uh, That's the majority of of my focus. I work with uh, startups. Now, this is all in my spare time. I have a full-time job. Uh, I help run a software company. It's, uh, you know, Megacorp and we do tons of big products. Uh, and enterprise software but in my spare time I work with startups to help them anticipate and accelerate and that's, uh, that's my focus
1: awesome um, my burning question for you is and this is one of those I kinda of know the answer but I'm gonna ask it anyway uh, why WordPress entrepreneurs why people in the WordPress space
0: uh, that's, a, that's a great question so um, it, the, the, the core of the issue is actually laziness right. So um, at the heart of it, I don't ever like to do uh, the same thing over and over and over again. Um, I like to focus my efforts. And so if I do something, then I want it to pay dividends across uh, multiple spots. So for example, if I do research on, uh, you know, lifetime value of a customer, I want to then in the course of one week with every person I'm coaching, I want to be talking about the same thing because I don't want to have to come up with brand new topics or brand new items for each conversation Um, and that's that makes me more efficient it allows me to add more value in a shorter amount of time and time is a priority so when you when you combine the fact that I had done uh, five different startups and worked a lot in startups and I loved startups and at the same time completely separately I loved WordPress and was using WordPress these are two separate parts of my world right And um, what I tell folks over and over again is you want to find alignment as soon as possible so that you don't do as much work as you need to do, you know. And uh, so doing startup work for WordPressers, right, and WordPress entrepreneurs was an easy way to find that alignment and make it easier and not have to do nearly as much work. Mm
1: -hmm. Awesome. The the getting into WordPress, you know, you coming from the software industry and obviously having all... Uh, of the you know programmer no- development knowledge design knowledge, were um, you tinkering around with the WordPress uh, software, and then that's how you just hey this is and that's how you met the community. You know I really want to help these folks.
0: Yeah, so I, I actually started um, uh, back in in about 2005, and I was working with a .NET uh, um, platform right, and uh, and it, it was it was painful so. I started looking for alternatives. I had been doing some blogging with a type pad in a hosted, you know, hosted version of something and again you find little restrictions about that and all of a sudden uh, I, I discovered WordPress and started playing with it and, and I did you know, what a lot of people I know did in those days, and you start hacking at the code. You're like, here, let me take this line out and see what happens and let me add this line in and, and I just found it to be one of the most uh, approachable platforms that I had seen uh, uh, by that point. Um, I think it continues to be fairly approachable though uh, every now and then we, f- we find some challenges but um, but the fact that it was approachable allowed me to step into it um, a lot easier and so I spent years just using it and working with it and uh, and you know at the core of it just logging hours right you just use it for one thing and use it for another thing and use it for another thing until you wake up one day and start calculating the hours and you're like I've I've been, I've been doing this a long time. And so in the move from Northern California to Southern California, stepping out of the Silicon Valley and having taken on a corporate job uh, and, and doing that instead of startups, I just needed a way to stay you know um, into fun, cool, hip, fast-paced, moving, changing things, which the corporate world doesn't do as much. And, uh, and so stepping into the WordPress community more officially two years ago and saying, uh, I, I've logged a bunch of hours. There's a bunch of stuff I know how to do. But more importantly, I really prefer talking about the business side of WordPress. So let's see if and, – and there wasn't a lot of that dialogue. So let's see if there's some stuff I can add value that way.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I – five, five, six, seven years ago running um, – one of the uh, dev shops uh, for a local ISP, we acquired another ISP that had a pretty large Drupal development shop, um, uh, 2007, 2006. Uh, so having the exposure of running a team like that, seeing the big budget things, going to things like DrupalCon, um, when DrupalCon was up here in Boston, and just seeing like that enterprise big business mentality in Drupal. Then transitioning to WordPress shop in my own startup and, and, and such. Um my first WordCamp going to uh, WordCamp New York and just walking in there and and seeing all these folks who are creating these awesome things or freelancers that were, you know, running their business, but they could be doing a little bit better, they could be more efficient, like you said. There's a definite lack of that business track, the business track, the business yeah. concept. Um Let's talk about that. You're, now, you're really one of the champions of business tracks at WordCamps. Yeah. Um, where is that going?
0: I don't know where it will go. Uh, I don't know how long it will last. Um, you know, but what I know is this. In the, in the tradition of WordCamps, you bring uh, talented people in a local context and they share their best practices. And to date, most of the WordCamps have been developer and designer. And, and that's interesting, but it seems like there's, you know, a third leg to the tripod that's been missing, which is how do you stay in business? Because if not, the WordCamps, you know, keep recycling through the same material because you keep having newbies come in and, and other folks say, well, I, you know, I had to go get a job because I, I couldn't sustain my little freelancer startup effort. Um, the other dynamic is uh, across the globe and especially in the U.S., there are becoming more and more people who are doing freelance work. And so... The, the kind of the, the masses are moving into this thing of like well I, I figured out how to do something i figured out how to add value in some way and generate some revenue but the transition from figuring something out into turning it into a sustainable business model and ultimately running a business seemed to be you know like a like a big gap and and so what i discovered was as i would hang out at word camps and, and tons of people have shared the same story you go to enough of them and you start skipping the sessions because you're like, yeah, I don't really need to know how to set up a custom post type again. So you step outside and the other people that are outside are all people who also know how to do custom post types. And then you start having this conversation about how's it going in business? What's going on? You know, what are you do well, we're, you know, we're struggling to have traction here or we're, you know, we're totally busy, but God, it just never seems like there's enough time and and so you're saying, well, how are you pricing? And you start getting in this conversation, and then it's like, oh, it's time for the other session, and then you, you leave it. You know? And so there, there were these hallway conversations happening mm. and yet not happening in, the, in a formal mechanism. So um, you know, as I've told the story before, I went to Pressnomics. Um, I, I wasn't formally invited. You know, they had the, 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 you know, the, the hot guys got the auto invites, and then I just said, I don't care. I'm waiting until they sell a ticket. But I bought one of the first tickets, um, and I showed up. Right. And, uh, I, I just looked around the room and, and, and listened to, you know, so these guys speak and I was just like, why aren't we doing this all the time? Like, why isn't this a, 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 the third part of that tripod that needs to happen? So, um, we did it here in San Diego and, uh, it was awesome. And, and the thing is, you know, I'm an advocate of doing it on a Sunday because, because the same developers and designers who want to go to the developer and designer tracks, you don't want to pull them out of those tracks, right? Mm-hmm. So this week, this weekend I'll be speaking in Austin, but I'll be speaking exactly at the same time that someone else is speaking, right? And so then there's this, gosh, do I go to the business track or do I go to this content track? And that's harder, right? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a bigger fan of, of a, a Sunday that, you know, you know, you have a developer day and that's fine and let's have people writing code and uh, contributing core and figuring out how to do that. But at the same time, how do you give people an option to, to learn and develop some business skills.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's tremendous that we're seeing that, the growth of the interest of, of, of business at these word WordCamps. Um, but you say something interesting about, hey, we might see these developers and designers, you know, one year at these WordCamps, and then you see them again the next year, and, oh, I had to get a job because I really couldn't float, float the boat to run my own thing. Um, I interviewed uh, Brad Williams yesterday, your good friend, and we talked about his startup and how, You know, business stuff wasn't even on his his radar for at least the first couple of years because he was just taking in work, head down, working, and next client, head down, working. We're not thinking scale. We're not thinking growth. Um, You know, I think it's important that folks are learning that, and uh, that. But you're in that. But in that dynamic, you're trading hours for dollars. Yes.
0: Right. And so that's what happens. Is someone someone steps in and says, "I figured out," and WordPress is. An incredibly approachable platform and because it's approachable you have people who've never been developers who suddenly become web developers right because they're like well I first downloaded the theme and then I started copying the files and made some adjustments and then I did it and all of a sudden now I'm a WordPress developer and you know there's those of us that have done it for a little longer go whoa slow your roll you know so you know you're not a WordPress developer yet but the truth is they are right and so then they turn around and to their cousin and to their brother and to the neighbor down the street and the dentist that's local there, they sell services and what they sell is a trade of money for hours. Yep. Right. And it's a straight trade and you can get away with doing that for some period of time. And you can even add a second guy and a third guy and you just have more hours to trade for dollars. And most of these shops, right? Um, they, you, you, you get to a stage where you realize, okay, if we want sustainable long-term business, we're going to actually have to step back a second and actually think about the business rather than just run the business, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than being hip deep in it all the time, we're going to need to step back from it, take a look and say, okay, what are the trends here? And what do we have to do? And how do we, you know, how do we manage this? And you see both scenarios, some who never do that and and make it or eventually Peter off, but others who step back and go, okay, we're going to charge way more. And then they lose a bunch of clients and then they're like, oh, I'm, I'm still host, right? Yeah. So navigating that's difficult.
1: Yeah. And, and you actually were leading right into where I was going. Do you think that the uh, barrier to entry of WordPress is too low so that you get these folks who are like, hey, I installed WordPress. I installed a theme. I got Gravity Forms. I am a WordPress developer. I'll make you a site for 200 bucks <laughs> when the guys who are out there trying to sell it for 5,000 bucks are, you know, up against kind of the same market space.
0: I've, I've written about it before. It's called the invasion of the lightweights. And I think it will always happen. So um, there will always be, uh, it, it, even, if, even if we said, yes, the barriers are too easy, there's someone, in fact, just last week, someone released something called WP App Designer or something like that. Yes. And it basically builds a CRUD-based, you know, uh, create, read, update, delete, a CRUD-based application inside of WordPress right and there's always gonna be someone figuring that out and then there's always gonna be someone else who doesn't know anything who looks at that and says I think I can do something with it and the truth is we can look and, and cast all sorts of negative, you know aspersions on that person who's using it but if they're delivering value to their end customer and there is an actual customer on the end of it then Who's to say that they're that they're wrong, right? So I don't have an issue with someone at the low end of the market going after someone else at the low end of the market. There's always going to be someone who says, I don't need much of a website. I'm a mechanic. I, all I need is my coupons available, right? And we can go sit there and say, but you need to be blogging all the time. You need to be doing And the guy's like, I just need my coupons online. And we're like, well, that's going to be a $3,000 website. And they're like, no, I just need my coupons. on My, my cousin says he can do it for 200 bucks. Let the cousin do it, right? Um, that's a market. It's not. It's the micro market, and it's not a market I spend time in. But the markets I spend time in, there's other people who wouldn't be able to step into that. So I like that WordPress is approachable. I think if WordPress wasn't approachable, something else would take its place in being approachable because we're always going to have that move towards someone abstracting and making something simpler and always have a a invasion of lightweights where some people come into it and say, look, I can just, you know, I mean, you remember custom post types, you had to type it. Now you don't have to type it. You can use types and views or other, you know, products to do it. And we look at them and we go, that's not real programming, right? right? But but there's other people who are looking at us going, "Um, I wrote it in assembly. What you're doing is not real programming. (laughs) You don't understand anything about the registers. You don't understand memory allocation. Right. And you're like, yeah, you know, there's always someone who's looking back and going, that's not real programming. Yeah. And, and so at one point, you just have to get done with that conversation.
1: Yeah. One of my questions is dealing with the $500 client that's coming to you like the ga- or like the mechanic, yeah, you know, saying, I, I got 200, 500 bucks to spend. How do I elevate my, or, or, or the freelancer says, how do I get out of this? You know, yeah. what, should their, what should their forward thinking be to say, I, I got to get out of this, this market?
0: Well, if you know, I have an article that I'm I'm getting ready to, to publish um, that is like if I were to start a, a web development shop today, right? And if I were going to develop one today, right? I would I'd have to first do some environmental scanning, right? I want to look around at the market and see what's going on. And when I look around the market, I see the GoDaddies and all the other um, whether it's an ISP or it's a domain name registrar or whatever, but they're all getting into the space of saying. We'll spin you up a website and we'll even add SEO services, right? So if you're competing with that, right? And if if that's the message people are hearing for that mechanic, right? Or that dentist who's just like, I just need a $500 website. Well, they're going and when they go to buy the domain name, they're being told at that moment, you can spin up a website for $100 and we'll even do some SEO, you know, automated SEO for you for another 50, pay us 150, right? And you're like... OK, that's going to suck. I can't offer it for 500 if that guy's going to do it for 150. So if I, were gonna, if I was stuck in that spot of doing 200, 300, 400 websites, right, the first thing I'd do is I'd want to step back and say, what's the real value? What's the heart of what these people want? Whether it's the dentist or the mechanic, they don't actually want a website. They could care less. The reason they've lived this long without a website is because they've figured out how to run a business without a website. What they want more than anything else is a lead, right? If they want a lead, then you ought to be in the business of delivering leads. And if you're in the business of delivering leads, then you ought to be in the business of figuring out conversion. And if you're in the business of figuring out conversion, then you ought to be in the business of figuring out the psychology of the end user and the target market and where those target markets spend their time and energy so that you can bring those leads in. That is value. Mm -hmm. When I sit in front of someone and talk about that, We're not talking about web technologies. We're not talking about responsive design. We're not talking about WordPress or plugins. We're talking about business value. So someone who's stuck in that place of of building $500 websites is often still stuck in talking about technology. If you wanna make the move out of that, start talking about the business, start understanding the business, and what will happen is, and start learning how to deliver real value to the business, and you will move up the chain of value and, ch- and be able to charge more. And, you, and you'll also have to add some additional services, right? So I was, I was talking at one WordCamp, and I, and I mentioned that I, I built a website once where I just got paid by the lead, right? I never got paid to build the website. I got paid by the lead. And, uh, and Jake Goldman of 10Up, you, know, uh, you know, pulled me aside after. He's like, that's, that's BS. Did you really do that? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, no, no. I mean, you got, you're got lying to me. You, like, for real, you did that. Because there's so many different you know potential challenges with that model and i'm like well it was a microsite it wasn't a full site it wasn't a blog it was, but it was basically a big online ad and these guys were dealing in a very high end market and what they wanted was to translate all the visitors into leads right they'd send out postcards the postcards would have a url people would come to the url and what they cared about was converting them into showing up for a meeting they knew if they could get someone to show up for a meeting that was essentially a $10,000 meeting and the investment that these guys would make that, you know, the, these customers, they'd be making hundreds, if not millions of, of, of dollars, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars in investments. So the sit down meeting was worth a ton anyway. So obviously the lead was worth a ton. And so I just said, don't pay me for the development, just pay me per lead. At the end of each month, calculate the leads that came through the website. You can send me a check. And it shifted the focus of what I was doing to, Okay, I need to understand the psychology of your buyer. I need to understand what causes them to pull the trigger, but that was the value they wanted to pay for, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't the value of how well do you know, you know, WordPress. Mm.
1: Yeah, no, it's tremendous, uh, tremendous advice. Um, I can only imagine what was going on with in Jake's head because he is such a pro. Programmatic guy. And when he, when he, I mean, one project comes in front of him and he sees the matrix and he's looking around and he knows all this stuff. Well, he's, you know, he's
0: just like, look, if you do that, if you're only paid by the lead and and you don't convert the lead, you don't get paid. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but if I convert that, but in that deal, um, the whole point is the lead. So what what tends to happen for web developers is we, we say, okay, I built this and then the rest is your problem. Right. So we're only thinking about, the, the product that we built is the product that we coded. And then we hand it off and we say, oh, hosting, that's your problem. Oh, conversion, that's your problem. Oh, being found online, that's your problem. I, I built the site, that's my job. And sometimes we go even less than that. Like, well, I built the framework for the site, you have to put the content. Or, well, I built the framework, but someone else has to put in the design, someone else has to put in the content, but now pay me. The end user looks at all that and goes, I wanted a result. Right. I wanted I had a goal. The goal was a full complete website, not half a website, not a third of a website. So when we start charging people and we only go half the distance or a quarter of the distance, of course they're gonna look at us and go, Yeah, I'm gonna look at someone else next time. When you focus on what they care about, right? When you're like, okay, this is what you're focused on. Let me help you get there. Um, I, that client not only paid me per per lead that came through, he sent um, my wife and I to to Hawaii for our honeymoon, right? Or you know, paid paid for stuff on our honeymoon because he's just like we 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 love everything you do. So just yeah. go, go have
1: fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you why I love that that story be, uh, because I grew up in the car industry. My grandfather started a car dealership. My father ran it. I worked there. That whole concept of getting leads and having to think outside the box in such a super competitive market. Yeah, um, this is stuff that. I think that we're seeing explosive growth within WordPress. People are seeking out WordPress WordPress growth 17% of the internet or yeah. whatever the number yeah. is. Uh, more and more people getting jobs, themes, plugins, all this stuff. But it's, it's already starting to get saturated on the low end. What's going to happen when we start getting into the medium and larger markets of, of WordPress? Uh, how are people going to compete? Yeah. I was on the, a phone call the other day, a potential client with a partner of mine. This potential client was talking that they were doing like eight billion dollars a year in revenue. That's billion with a B. Um, working with Fortune twenty companies. Yep. Um, we were talking WordPress with their IT uh, vice president of something. You know, some some floor number fifty three or wherever they are in the in the skyrise. Yeah. And they said if we brought WordPress to the meeting, they would laugh at us and potentially lose my job for for referring we use this this little blogging platform called WordPress. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're winning in the, in the micro market. We know that in the, in the larger market, like media space, uh, you know, larger media sites are using it. But with your experience in the corporate world, are, are people still laughing at it, if you will, for lack of a better word?
0: Well, I, I think WordPress is making inroads into the corporate world on the marketing side. So I think what's happened is marketing, you know, marketing was beholden to IT, right? They want to get a message out and they got to wait for the IT guys to have spare cycles to update the website. So that's that started to shift, right? In the corporate world, you're seeing more and more of these, uh, the, the company's websites now running on WordPress and the marketing department has access to go change content. And so that's freed up the the enterprise to move at a faster pace and to create landing pages and to create offers and all sorts of stuff. So I think WordPress is, is going there. I think when it comes to you know, serious, hardcore, big products, enterprise solutions, and technology. I don't think the problem is WordPress itself. Although I, I do agree that if you said, "Hey, I, you know, you're, you're building a big, you know, uh, infrastructure and solution, and I'd like to bring a blogging platform to it," uh, they look at you like you know you're smoking crack. <laughs> I, I think I think the bigger problem is is the people who the, the the use and eyes of the world, the other the people in our community who try and take WordPress into that dialogue, right? Um, when we do, we, we talk like well, WordPress can do anything. And that's not true. There's a ton of things WordPress doesn't do as well. Um, it's a highly efficient hack, but there's some places where it's still a hack. And so if you're looking at guys who've been doing serious software development for 15 to 20 years, and you want to have that discussion, and then you want to say, well, our, pro- our platform can do everything. And you're like, one second, guys, I've been at this 20 years. No platform does everything. So the fact that you're talking like that makes me think that your platform and you are both idiotic, right? Yeah, exactly. um, so so that's, that's, a, that's a big part of it is how we talk about it. Uh, additionally, there's, there's a dynamic when it comes to performance that if you think, okay, I'm going to stick everything into a database that actually doesn't have tables for these things, but everything's being shoved into posts and metadata, and I'm going to be adding more and more meta, you know, more and more data into the metadata tables. Someone who's worth their weight in salt in terms of technology is going to look at that and go, yeah, this doesn't make any sense, right? So, for example, when we built a fairly large brokerage-based uh, uh, real estate solution, a majority of the work I did, the majority of the work that my team did, was all in the cloud. Right, it's all. It was all in.NET. .NET. It was all sitting on top of SQL Server. We would tap into a bunch of MLSs. We would bring all the data out. We would slice and dice the data. We would configure all the data. At the end, we would expose it via a REST call to a very simple kind of non-dynamic uh, plugin in WordPress that would go make a REST call, pull data down, and display it in the in the in the site. Um, and so, yeah, it's a WordPress solution. But the majority of the intellectual property, the majority of the complexity, the majority of the processing is all sitting in the cloud. And it's using, you know, all sorts of stuff to make that happen. So I think you can bring WordPress into those spaces. I just think you need to do it intelligently and you need to respect the history of the guys who are there, right? When, when Some of our startups, in fact, all my startups are corporate enterprise software solutions. And, and one of them, we went into Schwab and Schwab has, on you know, on floor 45, it has an entire team of just architects, and they've been architects for 10 to 15 years, and they're going to want to look at your design. If you're a WordPress guy who just walks in and goes, oh yeah, he, you know, he, here's what we do, and by the way, look, we have a really big blog that happens to be the New York Times, and you're like, yeah, okay, that's a, that's a website with articles. Yeah. I'm building an application, yeah. right? Yeah. And so if, if, if you're talking about it wrong and you're pointing at it wrong, you're going to come across wrong. Yeah. But yeah. if you can talk intelligently about, look, I understand, here's how we do this here's what We're going to do this, and by the way, when we come to display it, or when you come to control it, or when you're managing this mobile side of it, we're going to use the back end of WordPress to allow easy editing of data. Yeah. yeah, they'll look at it and go, Okay, it's just a client. Yeah. Yes, it's a client, and it's yeah. one of the several. And they're like, Okay, no problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's
1: all, at that point, you're almost probably wanting to say, Hey, we're going to leverage like open source technology. I mean, probably you just don't even say WordPress just to stay away from that, you know, if you're in that kind of situation. But yeah. I, I totally hear you because we all think, yeah, I can do anything because we're like, well, yeah, Gravity Forms, yeah, I'm, BB I'm,
0: I'm, a, I'm on the board of a, of a um, consulting company here in, in the Southern California called VeloMedia. And VeloMedia does the, you know, the big, big deals with the Fortune 50, Fortune 100, and, but they build applications. They, they build you know, web solutions. Many of them are applications, not just websites, though many of them are websites. Um, and we were just looking at an RFP and I, I, was, I was meeting with them for the board meeting, but in the middle of it, we got into this discussion of this RFP where they had to do a big, you know, backend AS400 to, uh, you know, a, a inventory management system to some physical display at the end, right? A website at the end. And, and we're talking through how to have this dialogue with this customer because for that very reason, like, don't, don't say we're going to build this whole thing out of WordPress, Right, Because they're going to look at you going, I-, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy it, I don't see it, you know, I don't get it. Those are not the words I'm hearing from anyone else I'm talking to. But if you say, here's how we're going to connect to the AS400, here's how we're going to manage the inventory, these are the products we're going to use. And by the way, at the very tail end to display the catalog, we can use any one of a number of technologies. Uh, we'd probably suggest WordPress just to display. They're like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, so it's just how you shape the conversation.
1: Right. Yeah, no, great, great. Great points. Um, so we're seeing all the, this maturity, uh, or at least uh, starting to come out of WordCamps. You brought up uh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, business, uh, business session there. Yeah, Pressnomics. Yeah. Pressnomics, Pressnomics. Yeah. So- sorry. Um, do you think, so here's one of the other things. I walked into a WordCamp, my first one, and I saw a clear divide of the haves and the have-nots, the cool people and the not cool people. Um, I didn't really see that in the Drupal world when I was really involved with Drupal. Um, but like you said, you know, Pressnomics, they send out to, to their hot list the auto-email as soon as it was, you know, launched, you were inviting these people, but you just showed up. You just came in to, to, to make your presence. Yeah. Uh, is that clear divide still happening in, in the WordPress community? Um, how, how do yeah. people deal with it? Yeah, I, so I think...
0: It's an interesting question, um, because on the one hand, what I would say is um, in no technology community that I've been a part of, and I've been in the technology community since 94, 95, um, very end of 94, uh, in no part of any technological community are the star players, the, the, you know, the Brad Williams you were just on the phone with yesterday, as approachable in other, in any other community as they are in the WordPress community. You can walk up to any of the folks from web dev studios or any of the folks from 10 up or any of the folks from Media, or any other folks from, you know, security, You, you can walk in, connect to any of these folks, just walk up and hang out with them in a way that you can't in any other dynamic. I mean, literally, these are the guys who are making tons of money in the space doing big projects Generating revenue, in some cases, millions of dollars a year in revenue, and you can walk up to them and have a talk over them, right? Um, and you can connect to them directly on, on Twitter and they will respond to you. Try that in any other community, right? And immediately what you get is the, the core people are all bunched up and then there's protection, right, around them. There's just a hedge that you can't get past because they're like, that's the who who, and, and you don't get to hang out with them. Um, you know, I was sitting next to Ben uh, Metcalf uh, the, of uh, WP Engine in, in uh, work, last year, WordCamp, uh, Orange County, maybe, at lunch. I didn't know who the guy was, right, other than everybody else knew Ben, and I was sitting at the table with the cool kids just because I was hanging out with Security, and so they let me sit next to them, and so, here with the, and so here he sits, and I just want to take a picture of his boots because he had this amazing oh, yeah. boots. Um, I don't know who the guy is, right? there in no other community could you just walk up to you know the guy who's a co-founder of a major you know hosting company and and be like hey you know let's chat and let me take a picture of your boots so um so on the one hand right the answer to the question on the one hand it's incredibly approachable you know you can hang out when i meet people who are kind of wordpress famous right and i've been a nobody for a very long time so um I always say the same stupid thing and I should come up with something new, but I meet them and they say, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Lisa Saban Wilson. And I say, I know, I shouldn't say, I know, I should say, hi, nice to meet you. But I'm like, I'm in in the presence of people, you know, like this is the who's who. And I, of course I know who you are, right? There's no reason you need to know who I am, but I know who you are. Um, so, so there's that, but at the same time, in the same time as this is the most approachable community as ever, there are like in any other community, there are cliques, there are the haves and the have-nots. There are the somebodies and the nobodies, um, and that's always a challenge. Yeah, and and yeah. your your best bet is go hang out with some of the you know nobodies, and you'll discover that they're somebodies, right? That they have real tons of value, and and spend time with them.
1: Mm, yeah. Or you you know you can just make that name for yourself. You know what is your what is your expertise? What is your profession? What's your niche? And Try to just get your name out there, connect with the right people, give back to the community, things like that. I think yeah. uh, will start to to start to uh, build your uh, credibility in the in the space.
0: Well, in, in my case, it was it was you know Dre Armada who is down here in San Diego, and so I met Dre when I first came down to the area. I just moved down here, and I just spent some time with Dre and and just hanging out with Dre and saying if there's any way I can help your business. You're, you're running a startup, I've done several startups, Is there's anything I can do. We talked a little about this idea or that and then I left. But then, every WordCamp and every community and, every, and even Presonomics, I was a nobody. I'd walk in and Dre would say, this is my buddy Chris, you need to, you need to say hi to him, you need to get to know him. You know. So when you invest and connect to, to the community, they open doors as well and that's huge. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um how to and now so when people want to connect to the community, how do they do it? You are a blogging, not even machine. It's whatever's after machine, uh, <laughs> like the blogging oracle. Like blogs just come from your domain. You know, I, I don't even think you type. I think you've you've invented this thing where you just think it and it's published to WordPress. I want to be a part of that startup. Um, you know, is is blogging and 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 building a brand uh, the the way to go about it?
0: I think so. Um, I think uh, ten years ago, it was not the case. Um, I think there were a lot of ways to be to have a platform ten years ago, uh, but Google has shifted everything, and the fact that Google defines who gets seen and how they get seen um, is a big deal. Even if you don't like Google Plus, you know it's a fast way to get an article indexed, so you ought to be on Google Plus. Um, Google has a preference for fresh content. And even though some of my articles that are favorites of mine, you know, may not get indexed in the same way, Google treats them positively because they're connected up to the other articles of mine that Google does like. And in the end, Google just says, okay, he's going to publish something again today. Yeah. Right? So Google, Google knows that I'm going to write every day. Um, I don't think there is a better way to develop a platform than to articulate and communicate the, the thoughts and ideas and, and value adds and the corners you want to take um, daily via a blog. So I think it's more important today than ever. Uh, I've only been blogging daily since October of last year. Um, so I've not been doing it for years and years and years. Uh, I used to blog at different points of time. Then I discovered that even when I'd written, you know, six months before was outdated, and then I'd just delete the blog and walk away for a few, you know, months or a year, and then I'd start another little one. And this time I've been committed to saying, even if it's outdated, I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm just gonna keep writing every day. Mm. And uh now I'm starting to play yesterday I wrote an article on, on uh Medium, right? I'm start I I love that interface. That's just incredible. I, I I can't wait for some brilliant people in the WordPress community to steal everything and bring it over to WordPress. Um but uh but uh, you know, I've written a little here on, on Medium. I've written a little on WP Daily. Uh, but the majority of, of the stuff I write daily is, is over at chrissommer.com.
1: Yeah. That's interesting that you brought up Medium uh, because I hear Brogan, Chris Brogan always talking about how he's you know, 20, 30 different articles on Medium. But Brogan was the guy, and I think you follow Brogan oh, yeah. as well. He was the guy that always was talking about uh, using you know, WordPress for your hub, your base. Because yep. yep. uh, you own the content, right? So it's interesting yep. that folks... Um, would put the effort and the unique content on Medium when they own their own yes. platform. So I don't.
0: I don't put my core best on Medium okay. because I want to own my content. And and is the hub of any content marketing I'm doing. That said, I, I really wanted the I really wanted the um, chance. You know, and so Chris Rogan actually is the one who got me. You know, an account. Uh, or, you know, or hooked me up with the right folks to get an account. And then I got on and I'm just like, I just love the experience, right? So the experience is fantastic, it's amazing, I, I love it. But yes,
1: you wanna own your own content. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so what's next for chrislemma.com? You're doing some coaching, you're doing some uh, startup uh, uh, advice stuff?
0: Yep. I, I so I, I always, I've, I've been doing uh, coaching of startups now for about eight years, uh, maybe nine. Um, and uh, so I'll continue to do that. I'm I'm gonna start shift. I, I want to add some components to ChrisLehman. where you can more easily buy consulting, where you can more easily buy uh, the ebooks, and where I'm gonna I'm gonna try and start something. I don't know if it'll work, um, but uh, a mastermind like uh, community using Google Hangouts, but one that I can step out of. Right. So I would assemble a small group of eight or nine people. Run it with my content and my advice for six weeks and then, but include some opportunity for them to talk with each other and then hopefully if, if the right community sticks, let it go on its way where, again, they don't have to pay anymore for that, but also I don't have to be involved in it anymore and I can spin up another one. So we'll see if that mastermind idea plays out, Interesting. Um, but it would kick off from, from Kusama.com.
1: Very, very interesting. Uh, awesome stuff. I think that um, I'll wrap up the formal business interview, uh, I think pff, tremendous, tremendous advice. If uh, people haven't learned something yet, they probably weren't listening, uh, so tremendous advice. Thank you for that. Let's Thank jump you. in. Let's jump into the next segment, what's in your toolbox? What piece of software or hardware do you use on a daily basis to keep your business up and running?
0: Uh, wow. That's, That's a great question.
1: Besides, besides WordPress, of course.
0: Yes. So what do, I, what do I have? What do I use on a daily basis? Um, well, uh, one of the little bits in my toolbox is a, is a product called Woopra, W-O-O-P-R-A. And uh, Woopra is a little bit like Google Analytics, if you will. Um, and you, you attach a little bit of script to a website and then you can monitor all the actions that are taking place. You can do it in real time. Uh, but what's really nice is based on those actions, uh, which the actions are the behaviors that are taken on a website. So based on those actions, you can define that if a person has done a certain amount of things, visited a certain amount of places, spent a certain amount of time in certain areas, you can label uh, that clump of people. And so I have on, on my side, I have diehards and I have barely visited and, you know, I can monitor how many diehards are coming through the site, and how often of the ten people that are active on Kusama.com right now, what portion of them are diehards or not. Um, so I'm doing some real life, real time uh, segmentation, analyzing it, looking for where they're spending their energy and time, so that I can circle back and add more value to those folks. Um, so Lupra is pretty,
1: pretty amazing. Awesome. That sounds awesome. That's a paid product, I'm, I'm assuming. It is. Yes. Uh, sort of like a mix panel. It sounds a, a, a little bit. I haven't
0: used mixed panel. I've just read the the website copy. Um, I'm also using Orbiter, which is a new uh, a new plugin in WordPress. O R B T R. So I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but I think yeah. it's Orbiter. Um, and they are doing some similar stuff from within uh, WordPress itself. It, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how to best use it, and then how to use woopra and then figure out how to combine the two. Um, but all of it is just to get to know who's on the site more, you know, more clearly. Awesome. right? Who's there? What are they doing? What are they looking for? How can I deliver more value to them?
1: Tremendous. A couple of listener questions for the listener question round. Uh, this one comes in from Brian Castle, uh, Cast Jam at Cast Jam on Twitter. It says Chris, I'd be interested to know how a coaching business is organized. Scheduling, how many clients at once, etc. cetera. Uh, long, long answer to that, but is there a... Is there a yeah, question? i can give you the short version.
0: So I don't have more than, in any given year, I don't have more than 10 customers. Um, because I have a full-time job, I you know, I don't run a full-time coaching business. Of the 10 customers, max, which sometimes I'll have as few as four, uh, but of the 10 customers, uh, you know, two or three might be free, um, where I'm trying to add value back to the community and it's worth it for me to uh, deliver value. Um, a lot of times what's happening is I'm, I'm sending them material and content I've already created so that the tax on me is low. Um, then another two or three are paying and they're paying uh, monthly uh, revenue, right? So anywhere from $1,000 to $4,000 a month to make sure that they're getting access to me and that we're working through tough business problems and then a couple of them are in the product space where I help them design their products. And in those cases, because they're often really young startups, I just take an equity stake in the business. So um, two of the companies that I, I've spent the last two years coaching have found exits this, this month. So one of them just got bought by Yahoo and another one's getting bought by a, a private equity company. Um, but both both doing really well. And so in one case, it was a, a cash deal for me. In another case, it was an equity deal. And So those those work out. So um, it's a diverse mix of customers, some that are doing stuff I've already done over and over and over again so I can give them existing content, some that we're literally brainstorming to solve business challenges where I say, go collect this data, now let's look at it, now let's make some adjustments, now let's see what happens based on those adjustments. And some where we're doing product product development
1: Mm, awesome so it's not just wordpress businesses it's i mean it could be any software startup probably kind of tough to take equity in a wordpress business yeah i'd imagine Uh, yes awesome uh next question uh comes in from daniel espinoza uh d underscore espi on twitter he says chris i want to know how to go about finding a tech mentor uh and being a tech mentor so you kind of already answered being a tech mentor but how do these people find these tech mentors
0: well, there's a website where you can find, uh, a, you know, a coach that will help you out. It's at chrislemma.com. And, <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, yeah. So finding a tech mentor is interesting because I think what you really want to do is you want to know what you're trying to learn, right? So every time I've, I've gone after, you know, finding a mentor uh, for anything, it's been very explicit, right? It's a lot easier if someone comes to me and says, hey. I want to figure out how to increase my price over the next two years or I want to I want to figure out I'm currently generating ninety percent of the revenue that I think I would need to be able to generate to live full-time on this business I would like to push that from ninety percent to 110 percent I want your help to do that okay let's talk about that that's a very specific question a very specific set of context that's very different than if someone comes up to me and says hey can you mentor me right hey can you mentor me doesn't do anything right Because I'm like oh my god that could be forever right but if someone says look I want I have, a, I have a, I have a product company. This is how much I'm making a year. I want to figure out how to push this up a bit and get to a point where I can make this my sole living. Like, okay, let's let's solve that problem. Um, so you know, the trick is knowing what you want out of a mentor, and then finding someone that you want to get mentored by, and just asking, right? So we talked about Chris Brogan earlier. I wrote a book uh, called uh, the the a done done you know culture and uh, Twelve Habits of High Performers, and. I wanted Chris to, to read it and write a recommendation, right? So, you know, that would never happen if you don't ask. It doesn't, it's not, it, it doesn't happen just by magic. So I sent him a note and said, hey, would you, would you read this? And, and if, you, you know, if you like it, uh, I guess even if you don't like it, would you just write a review? So he did. He read it, and then he wrote a review. And he started the review with, you know, I thought this was going to kind of suck, and, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't want to read the rest of this. But it turns out, you know, he liked it, which was very positive. Um, but you don't get that if you don't ask for it. So you want to get mentored by someone? Ask them. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think that's been like the underlining, uh, you know, point in this whole interview is if you just have to get out of your seat, you have to show up at the work camps, you have to show up at the Pressnomics, you have to just walk right. up to the people and... And don't be afraid. Be like, "Oh yes, I know you. <laughs> you yeah. are Matt Mullenweg. You know, yeah, no, yeah. no. It's like I don't really know you, long-haired fellow. I just don't know you. Yeah. Um, you know, and do things like that." But tremendous, tremendous advice. Let's jump into the lightning round. I'll ask you a series of quick questions. You have a series of quick answers. Sure. The one plugin you cannot live without. Gravity Forms. A favorite WordPress or business book.
0: Uh, the Dummies book by Lisa Saban-Wolson.
1: A quote you live or run your business by. Lead follower, get the hell out of the way. Awesome. Uh, The best business career advice you ever received? Charge what you're worth. The longest a client project has ever taken? 14 months. Not bad. If you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be?
0: One that I asked someone to create that looked just like medium.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Who should I interview next?
0: Oh wow. That's a great question. Uh I'd say the the, the CEO who's starting uh, Orbiter. I, I think they got something going on over there that's really interesting and uh and you know it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Awesome.
1: I, I can send you his contact info. Sweet. Uh what's the one question I didn't ask you that I should have?
0: Uh, wow, that's really good. Uh How do you pick the corner of the market or the niche that you want to specialize in?
1: Awesome. Do you have a 30-second answer to that?
0: Uh, yeah. Take a corner that's currently being uh, underserved or not served at all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. In, in my case, the business dynamic of WordPress entrepreneurs was not being addressed. That's a lot easier of a place to go than to be another plugin developer. Mm-hmm. So find a corner, find a niche that is being underserved or not served at all, and uh, and and take that corner. One of my buddies, Jason Tucker, who uh, is is the host of a show that I produce called the WP Water Cooler. Um, you know, my challenge to him even before we started the show was: look, there is nobody who is the video guy for WordCamps, the video guy for Meetups. It's a corner you could take. You love doing it. You do it already. Everybody know, the people that do know you trust you for it, but you don't know on a national scale. Um, and that was part of the dialogue that transitioned into creating uh, WP Water Cooler. And he uh, is known more because of it. And he now, you know, blogs over at WP Media Pro or WP Media.pro. So take a corner that's underserved or not served at all. Find that niche and, uh, and, and then exploit the hell out of it.
1: Tremendous, tremendous advice. Everyone, uh, if you want to stay up to date with awesome interviews like this, WordPress entrepreneurship, running your WordPress business, how do I get to somebody else who wants to pay me more than 500 bucks? MattReport.com and MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Chris, where can people find you on the web and say thanks?
0: Uh, ChrisLemma.com is where I blog daily, and I'm on Twitter at ChrisLemma, and uh, I'm on Facebook. I have a page at Mister Lemma um and so love to connect
1: and see y'all there sweet thanks chris thanks for doing the interview
0: all right take care